It is with excitement that I get to share with you that the Leukaemia Foundation has developed a new resource. This resource is called the Online Support Service, where it provides a wealth of services to assist a person living with blood cancer throughout their patient journey. So whether you're a patient who has just been diagnosed, in treatment or in survivorship, this service provides access to targeted learning modules, a suite of amazing services and online programs. And you also have the ability to chat with an experienced blood cancer support coordinator at just one click. It gives people a personalised and intuitive way to learn about important topics, including what to expect beyond treatment. This service is simple to use and is filled with content curated by the Leukaemia Foundation for people with any type of blood cancer. It notably features a digital energy coach to help patients manage fatigue. So jump onto our website and look up our new and exciting product called the Online Blood Cancer Support Service. You get to a point in life where you think you're in control of everything and uh, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it gets taken out from underneath you. I guess I kind of felt ripped off. It's just living in the moment and just being adaptable to situations. Give people voices to talk about, Do you know what, that phase is often the hardest and be prepared for it because it's not what you think it will be. Talking Blood Cancer, a podcast for those facing blood cancer by the Leukaemia Foundation. Find the best way forward using their own purpose that they have in their life and using their passions. I've lost fear and doubt. Like I no longer doubt myself in situations and nothing scares me. That gives you another goal to work towards and and a reason to live. I'm Kate Arkadip, and I am the host of Talking Blood Cancer. This podcast shares the stories of the people we have connected with who have faced a blood cancer so that you, our listeners, can gain insight, find purpose and take inspiration. Before we get into today's episode, the Leukaemia Foundation acknowledges the traditional owners of the land on which we share these stories. We recognise their continuing connection to land, sea and community as the first storytellers of this country. We pay our respects to their elders past and present. This story may contain content that some listeners may find difficult and challenging. We encourage anyone listening to take care of their own mental health and well-being. The purpose of this podcast is to share real-life stories of people living with a blood cancer, and any discussion of medical treatments is not an endorsement. We encourage you to seek advice from your treatment team if you have any questions regarding your diagnosis, side effects, or treatment. If you would like to talk to someone, or even if you would like more information on our services or today's episode, please feel free to contact one 800 620-420 and someone will be able to connect you with your local blood cancer support coordinator. So let's get into today's episode. 
We're kicking off Season 2 with an interview from the remarkable Tim Keane, diagnosed in 1999 with a rare subtype of acute myeloid leukaemia, which was acute pro-myelocytic leukaemia, or known as APML. Tim shares his story from diagnosis, relapse, and treatment where he underwent two autologous transplants and arsenic treatment. Marianne speaks to Tim about how integral his wife and carer, Joe was throughout his journey, and how focusing on life beyond cancer really helped pull him through. Good morning. Um, I'm quite excited to be welcoming Tim Keane here with me today. Um, welcome, Tim. Thanks, Marianne. So, Tim, tell us a little bit about you, uh, where you were at in life when you were first diagnosed and, and how you were first diagnosed so that we can sort of get it, the picture of what happened with you and then we can go from there. Rightio. Uh, let me think. I was, so I was uh, in 1999 and I was... 34, 34, going on 35 that year. And uh, I had been, uh, Joe and I uh, had been married for a couple of years and I we'd been working towards a plan, a plan to go off uh, cruising the world, sailing the world. We both loved our sailing. We met sailing. We, we met on the bay. We met on boats and um, that's another story. And, uh, yeah. And, good one, I'm sure. Oh, it is a good one. <laughs> and uh, and we went, uh, so we, we put a plan together just to head off. And so we were working, I was working as a contract IT uh, programmer. And um, uh, I was starting to, f- I was working with Department of Natural Resource and I was starting to feel consistently not well. Like I'd have headaches uh, and I always, I always used to try to keep fit, um, mm-hmm. having played a lot of sport when I was younger than that. And then, so I would go for runs and all that sort of stuff, and it started to get harder. I started to feel the fatigue. Uh, it was probably over a period, a recognisable period, but it probably happened before then. But a recognisable period of about six, seven weeks before uh, I was officially diagnosed. Um, about a couple of weeks out, I went to just a local GP because I hardly ever saw a GP so so I never really had uh, and I never really had a person that I was familiar with mm-hmm. uh, and I went to them and they said oh sinus that's what it is and so they gave me some of those that fez yes type nasal stuff and sent me on my way and they and you know they thought that was it uh, I still kept getting headaches I had uh, I had a guy at work who was doing acupuncture at the time, and he was mm-hmm. uh, he was studying acupuncture, and so he'd get in and press the 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 points on my head to try and make the headache go away, and all sorts of mm. all sorts of weird stuff like that. But anyway, and then I'd go for runs, I'd try to go for a run hunt, and I would just literally stop because I just mm. was exhausted. I I there was exhausted is not the right word. I was fatigued. I just mm-hmm. couldn't put another running step in. And it's, it's really hard to describe because uh, unless you've had it, I've never never been like that, uh, mm-hmm. never been like that since, and I was never like that again. You know, sometimes I can't be bothered, but that's yep. not the same. But as that's different because that's, that's a choice then. That's not yeah. the same as can't. 
And, That's and, true. and it was hard to recognise the two. I felt I was just working reasonably long hours because I was getting paid by the hour. So <laughs> chalk it up, ka chink, ka chink. Chalk it up for your sailing trip. <laughs> That's right. That's Absolutely. right. Buy a bigger boat and uh, more Got sails. The vision, which <laughs> is a good right. thing to have. That's yeah. right. And uh, But then uh, one particular Monday night, Joe had just, Joe had rang me with some good news, and she so she was just promoted to because uh, she was a lawyer, so she got promoted to being an associate, which was fantastic wow. news for her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I went off. I went okay. Well, I'll see you. I'll see you. We'll go home together. And I we worked at, we both worked in the city, so I'll, I'll see you when uh, afterwards. I'll go for a run, and I'll see you afterwards. So I went for a run, and yep, I couldn't. I couldn't run far. I, I worked at Mineral House on the corner of uh, George and uh, Margaret, and I think I got as far as the. Uh, I didn't. Even, I don't think I even made it to the Victoria, the Melbourne Street Bridge, and I just Gosh. walked. I walked from there, and then I walked back, and I went, "Oh, I'm not doing this so well," and we went back, and um, it's quite ironic because she was quite excited, but she, uh, and so we went home. Uh, we we decided to celebrate, and then we had a little bit of a tiff about because I said I wasn't feeling so well, mm-hmm. and then she said she wasn't feeling so well, and it actually escalated to a, oh, you're worse than I am, I'm worse than you are. <laughs> silly, <laughs> it was a silly thing, but I wasn't really couples that banter. Yeah, 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 <laughs> but it wasn't really that that bad, and uh, and I went to bed, and uh, uh, but I went to bed because I had to. And mm. and um, she didn't recognise that. She thought it was just me being obstinate, which mm. can be. Yep. <laughs> I think and we've all got different traits. I, I think so. And uh, uh, and then the next morning, uh, she left for work, and I didn't get out of bed. I Gosh. just did not get out of bed. I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't want to get out of bed. Uh, so this is a Tuesday morning. And uh, were you frightened at that point? No. No, no, I wasn't frightened. I was just felt like I had, I was just no energy. I just felt like it could have been a massive flu. It could have been, I probably had temps. I never even got out of bed. I just didn't get up to shower, didn't do anything. And then um, uh, that, uh, Joe came home that night and thought, oh, this is not too good. Uh, and then, so the next morning uh, I went to go to the doctor and she got, her dad to come around and help me get home, mm-hmm. get there, mm-hmm. and uh, so we, and so I went to the doctor's surgery, doctors at in Manly somewhere, mm-hmm. and I kind of sat in the the in the room, and I was doing the wavy thing that you do oh. when you when you're a bit mm. feverish and you're not really mm. with it and stuff. So the bottom line is I wasn't with it. I, I there was my cog. Cognitive, cognitive state was, re- was really low and I, mm. I was just uh, and I kept on asking them can I go in can I go in and oh, you'll be there in a minute I don't really know how long I was waiting he was waiting outside mm-hmm. um, and so I, what I did was and oh, I can't remember this very well but what I did was I I think I asked the receptionist where I could go to vomit mm. and and she said, "Just down the hall." And I didn't make it far, and I, uh, I collapsed and probably vomited in in their little hall on the oh, way to. Oh, toilet. Tim! And mm. then, uh, um, and they <laughs> they picked me up and they sat me on a bed, 
Mm. Uh, they set me on a bed and quickly went to get the doctor. But, of course, they sent me. I didn't leave anybody with me and I just... And I fell off. I fell over and, oh. I went, <laughs> and there's this rack of, rack of equipment down the right-hand side and I went bang, 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 hit my head on those. Oh, <laughs> oh my And I was on goodness. the floor by the time the doctor came in uh, and this is where I remember she was looking at me going, uh, asked me a few questions. I can't remember what they were. But mm-hmm. essentially what it... And she said, I'm calling an ambulance. Yep. So what, what they should see was that I was not congealing because uh, I'd, I'd, I'd broken uh, skin on my forehead and stuff like that. And so they'd sent me an ambulance. And, and then... Uh, and then... Um, so Good then... Time. That's all right. Yeah. And then I'm in the back of the ambulance... And uh, and um, they've called Joe, mm-hmm. and we've gone straight to. They've sent us to the Mater Private. Um, we we had private health insurance, yep. uh, and um, they sent us to the Mater Private. I Joe met me there. Um, I had before Joe got there. I had some. Uh, I had a few x-rays of my chest and I really struggled to even stand up I I couldn't yeah, I really struggled mm. to stand up I couldn't uh, I couldn't do anything I couldn't do much obviously they probably took blood tests as well and um, uh, and then so and then Joe's with me yeah and Dr. Taylor comes in and he says hmm uh, you've got cancer. Wow. That's it. That's Is there anything you want to know? And and really, uh, in many ways, uh, I didn't really. Uh, like I said, my cognitive functions were low. Um, mm. I would. I can. It becomes a bit sketchy. Yep. And uh, when you talk to Joe, uh, you know. If she doesn't let out, let out a bucket of tears, <laughs> say the same story, I'll be surprised. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so from then, uh, and I had, I, I mean, they probably told me what cancer, uh, they probably told me prognosis, uh, but I honestly. That was uh, just the only word that uh, you heard? and Yeah, well, that's all I heard. And I, I would lie on a bed and then, uh, I, and I must have been fading in and out of mm. any sort of consciousness. Mm. Um I remember, I remember them putting a catheter in. <laughs> mm, oh yes, <laughs> not a pleasant memory. <laughs> so, so I remember putting a catheter in, and uh, um, and then um, uh, I got moved to, I think. Uh, so Joel told the story that uh, you know they were told I I started to bleed quite heavily. Internal mm. uh, at on that mm. night, and there was little. There was it was really she she'd been told the treatment path, and um, and she'd been told to say goodbye. Yes, so, I I can remember the enormous love you had for each other when I first met you both. Um, you could you could feel the pulse of that love, and um, I'm sure it's it's. I'm glad you shared that so raw, rawly, Tim, because I don't think anybody really. And I know that would have been very difficult 
to actually resurface that memory mm. because, you know, it, I'm sure it's not a memory that you live with every day and think about it because you've done so much since. But um, to actually reconnect with that time would have been that's very raw for you. Still, it is raw. Like it is, like it was, you know, like it was yesterday. But I'm sure in that moment too, there was a lot about you that really just cocooned yourself because you were unwell and well, all you had to focus on were was what? <laughs> well, all I had to focus on was me. And, uh, yep. and uh, you know, I, I uh, being, being as unwell as I was, mm. uh, a lot of that time was I, I spent, sleeping or semi-conscious and so the the memories were were different i had to keep breathing uh Mm. after going uh so they put me down in icu and uh i stayed i think i stayed on a mask for about four or five days Mm -hmm. uh i remember uh one of those times one of the poor nurses that was relief she must have got called in late but um she'd She'd smelled of wine, so oh. I, so, I, so where Joe was next to me, I, oh. I pulled her over and said, I, "I don't think this is right." She's yeah, she's, no, good, yeah, and so uh, acutely aware what your needs were, yeah, aware what you need. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so, and um, and then um, and then after that, they they intubated me, uh, and I was, uh, and of course, with the intubation comes. Um, uh, drug-induced comas, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was in a I was in that state for three and a half to four weeks before mm-hmm. uh, uh, before um, and then they did a tracheotomy because it was getting high risk. The intubation was yep. a high risk high risk process. Uh, so I think you're all up. I would have been in ICU for close to five, five and a half weeks. So a long time. A long time. So Joe's got lots of stories about that period, and that'd be hard for her. She went. But we're hearing she was that fantastic. Your experience. She is. She was uh, fantastic then. But she's she fantastic, fantastic because of you. And um, um, you know, I'll look forward to drawing that out of you. But for the purpose of you know you and I talking, yeah. um, I think it's lovely that she was that tower of strength for you. And certainly there was a love, a lot of love in the room, um, you know. But um, I do see a lot of strength, inner strength in you. Um, and I think, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of that strength comes from knowing that you had that that total support there. So you were on the same page too. Mm. in how you approached treatment. And, you know, can you share with us a little bit about post – so after ICU, so, uh, um, remembering too that this is a national opportunity through Talking Blood Cancer where um, this people are actually listening to our Talking Blood Cancer across the globe. Mm. So we try to step away from identifying specialists as such um, oh. and, and treating. No, that's all right. That's a, you can you can mention it in conversation, but we try to just purely for the for the reason of you know other people. There's not a compare comparison. No, like there it. is no comparison. Look, no, I, I, that's right. I, it's very much you walk into the door and uh, mm-hmm. and that's the bloke you've that's the person you've got. Right? Uh, but and, is it important and, to have a good relationship with that person oh. that you got? Um, unbelievably so. Um, mm-hmm. 
So Joe worked with her that that team of doctors while I was in ICU, and she learned mm-hmm. more about blood cancer, all about the treatments, and she just absorbed all that information. And because she never left my side, mm-hmm. she became uh, well. She became a barometer for my health. Right? Uh, mm. so she knew what I was going through. She knew that I'd improved, or she knew that uh, there was all my counts were going up or down or yep. or that I was suffering temperatures or not suffering temperatures or blood pressure up and low and stuff like that. Even better than what the records can say and even better than what um, even better than what the nurses can say. And so the team, the medical team, uh, kept Joe and really referred to Joe quite a bit. Mm. And mm. uh, at one point, at one point... Uh, were you a part of that, you know, were nah, you a part of that was, awareness? You were happy to just... No, well, well the, place your faith talking, in I'm, them? I'm still yep. in ICU, so I'm still okay. uh, in an right. induced coma. And uh, okay. so at one point, uh, she worked with them and, you know, this is the important of, importance of carers and, carers and mm. continuity and, you know, just being part of that. And so... Uh, they the the medical team worked with her and and mm-hmm. at some point in Joe's reading, um, uh, one of the treatments that I was getting was uh, all transretinoic acid and it was very difficult to digest. It was an oral pill, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they were trying to give it to me orally, but it, of course that's hard when you're intubated. Uh, and um, so Joe found some obscure reference online, even back in '99. Yeah, uh, compared to now, <laughs> uh, where there was some tests going on to see the efficacy of the drug if it was uh, um, if it was mixed in with soybean oil, and so wow, yep, and so Joe pointed that out to them, and the mm. team, and they took it on because they weren't getting it, and they took it on, and uh, lo and behold, I started to improve. So wow, that's a true advocate in your space. Uh, that is indeed, mm, and how lovely of the team to have embraced that. Well, they embraced her her early, just because, mm-hmm. no, she was there. She was cooperative. Uh, she was collaborative. She's consistent, um, mm-hmm. persuasive. Yes, uh, but you know, but most of all, she wasn't. She wasn't angry with them. She was just trying to mm. get the best outcome for you. Uh, yep. So very collaborative, and uh, yep. so the team they worked with her, and uh, and I right. It's those sort of things that probably got me through. Yeah, and then absolutely. Once, yeah, that's right. But once and so, uh, I came out of uh, after. So that was probably a turning point. And uh, mm-hmm. so I, mm. I'm sure there was a few risky moments here before mm. and after that. But uh, uh, and then I came. I they started to wake me as I was starting to recover after the first round of uh, treatment uh, of uh, the chemotherapies and and the uh, um, all trans retinoic acid mm-hmm. and I as I was coming out of that uh, look I'd been I'd been uh, in an induced coma they had mm. to teach me to walk they'd teach me to hold a pen say, teach, <laughs> rehabilitation. teach me to yeah and how long did that take Tim and oh, what actually, did it very quick. what very quick really yeah, oh, yeah. but it do was... you think that had a lot to do with your desire to want to get you know when you look at rehabilitation and you look at long-term hospital stays what are the ingredients that you think you need to actually get yourself up and out? Because it's never just one thing. It's not just the physical. It's also the, yeah, you know, the the emotional and, and the it mental. Is. It is desire. And, well, uh, it was very frustrating early on when I started to wake because uh, mm-hmm. I really couldn't move. Um, 
and I was very weak. I uh, uh, um, I couldn't go to the toilet by myself. I couldn't do anything, and so that was hard. Uh, but I've I got to the point where I could just walk a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and then they put me in a wheelchair, and I'd go. Uh, and and they started, and uh, Joe and the team and the nurses would work together, and they take me outside on the balcony and give me a bit of sun or um, mm. so that was always really nice except when uh, we did that because she put um, sun cream on me and then gave me a banana and I was going wow I'm eating a banana and it tastes like sun cream <laughs> and I couldn't talk because I had a tracheotomy uh, so I couldn't actually mouth it so I had to go I had to get the Ouija board out and to the oh, put, banana oh. tastes like sun cream. Oh. <laughs> and so it, took so Tim, ten, <laughs> it took about 10 minutes to do that. Um, I know we can laugh now, but I'm sure that would have been really slow and long process. Were, did oh, you yes. have any depression with that, like associated uh, with that, that reality, that, that day-to-day reality of having to step forward, and especially where you are today? No, I didn't. I I was very lucky. I was very lucky. Frustration, uh, annoyance. um, Mm -hmm. You know how much Joe likes to talk. Um, Yes. Just uh, getting her to pause before she guesses. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was actually making it it twice as long. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, yeah, anyway, so, uh, um, and again, feeling so weak, it just, I kind of think just happy to be there, right? I was just... Uh, so not, I've never been life. one. I've never been one to really look back with regret. Just look forward okay. with um, determination. Good for you. And uh, that's a mindset. That is a think? mindset. That is a mindset. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know that I've stoically worked on it. I, I tend to live in the moment, and mm-hmm. uh, so. That's your I might nature. be. That's I might natural. just. I might just be fortunate there. I'm sure some people mm. aren't quite as fortunate, but that's what I try to do. Is I always look forward. Mm-hmm. What can I do now? I can't change what's what's happened. What no. can I do now going forward? What can I plan for? But I can't change yesterday. So that's I a to... blessing, really. That it, that is a blessing that you've got that natural mm. ability to place your focus there. Mm-hmm. So, That's right. you know, it, how long were you in that rehabilitation stage? Well, I probably uh, probably for about three or four weeks. But mm-hmm. uh, in that time, I went from ICU into the ward for about five days and then to and then out of the hospital. Firstly, nearby. We stayed at a friend's house nearby yep. because it was nearby. And then, um, and then we started to go home. And even when I was mm-hmm. home, uh, we used to... Um, even when I was home, I would we would go for walks, and my walks were always very structured. So mm-hmm. I would, uh, I had a wheelchair. Joe would push me in the wheelchair, and I would uh, walk twenty, sit for a minute. You know, I get pushed for a minute, walk twenty, sit, for, you know, whatever. Mm, and then, and then, but that twenty meters would became thirty the next day, and then forty the next day, and and, and it was just a progressive distance increase, right? Uh, all with, all within my. Um, uh, not just I always felt I could do more, but it was always yep. a structured because if you do more and too much, it goes wrong. Right? Yeah, true. And, and, I agree. Uh, but you, wrong, you were so, aware. But I was always always trying for for improvement. Yes, that's right. That's right. Good for you. I know. 
So plans, <laughs> you know, um, with your hourly work, working commitments, how did you manage re-entering into the workforce, like your return to work well, progression? Uh, well, was unfortunately, that they were, well, as, as a contractor, uh, I was expecting not to be working. They were really yeah. good. They gave me every opportunity uh, both to come in on my terms or mm-hmm. to work from home. And, you know, to work from home back in 2000 was uh, not the most simple thing to do. But I was no. able to gain access uh, and they, were, they enabled me to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And oh, that was towards the end of 99. And then uh, um, actually it wasn't. It was towards 2000 when I started to work. I had another mm-hmm. round of treatment before okay. before that happened because that was in July 99. And, um, Did you the, ever uh, live with like a fear of relapse in those early days when you were wanting to get on your feet, return to work, create some normalcy back in your life. Did you ever, having had that really quite a shocking introduction to a blood cancer with your ICU stint and then, you know, having to re-educate yourself to walk and that sort of thing, when you back got back on your feet and were looking at that re-entering into the workspace, did you go in with trepidation or you know with fear of no um no no not really because what what joe Joe, what joe did when i was waking up in icu was she Mm -hmm. uh she said forget the world sale thing you know uh (laughs) we're we're not doing so great so uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna just grab a boat and we'll just Next year, we'll just sail up and down the coast and mm-hmm. uh, up the Queensland coasts and all that sort of stuff. So we, we changed our plan a little bit. We redirected our energy towards that. And still had a plan, which is great. We still had a plan, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what my job was, my, what my job was, was to just go and get well. And mm. uh, so I, I worked hard at that and then worked at getting, when I could, I progressed back into work. Um we ended up, uh, gee, it didn't take us long. We ended up buying a boat around uh, um, about in, in that time, in that period, in between mm-hmm. 99 and 2000. And uh, we ended up going off sailing in uh, to, in about April of 2000. Wow. I know, I know. And I, to be honest, Mary, I can't remember... Working in that period, um, mm-hmm. I don't think I did. If I did, it was very little. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly kept in, kept touch, uh, and then I I probably did a little bit, but not much. And then um, uh, uh, so we just worked. I, I'm sure Joe did, and uh, mm-hmm. we just we just decided to grab our money and go. And we just we set a budget. We bought a boat that we could afford, uh, and then. And then we worked on making it happen. Um, the beauty of that is that you're both on that same page. You know it how is. often in, in you know, you're both on the same page with the same vision of what you wanted to mm. achieve together, which I think is such a strength in any relationship, really. It is. Um, it is. I mean, to mm. have – but we we're, were blessed in that we both love sailing and we still yep. both love sailing and it's still um, – uh, it's still – one of our most favourite things to do. Passion. Yeah. yeah, it is. So you both love the outdoors, sailing, skiing, but you're both on the same pages, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. That's um, right. Doing that together, 
That's right. Have you had any struggles, you know, as a couple? I know that you've obviously, and Joe worked with you on of recognising really that your initial treatment phase was so difficult, but still wanting to create that seed of, of hope in a vision. Let's work towards this because I'm a great believer in the power of the mind. So I think she helped transition you because with that vision comes, well, how does Tim want to see himself? Well, he wants to see himself strong on a yacht. He doesn't want to see himself under a blankie, you know. So with any vision, you have to picture yourself, which I think is a part of like a, a healthy plan to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's an investment in our mindset of what we want to achieve in that moment. Do you think that having those little um, – those opportunities and those plans actually helped you achieve gaining strength and working towards better health for you? Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I think uh, we journaled quite a bit. And, uh, oh, did you? Uh, we talked about that sort of stuff and where we wanted to go and what our direction might be. And um, Did you uh, journal, journal separately journal, or together? Uh, separately or mm-hmm. same, similar, uh, same journals but mm. uh, separately. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, and we did that before we, mm. uh, before I got sick and we did that. And, you know, it just it – just, it set our direction, and we talk about it often, and get excited about 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 the path ahead. Um, and it oh, was really nice. Important. I love I that. That is that's yeah. a real you know that's a real couple's gem. Yeah, I it think. is. It is. Yeah. yeah, we've we stumbled across one not so long ago, and it was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. I wrote. <laughs> 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 we were that's what one we to doing. revisit. That's one, one to revisit. revisit or? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> So when it came to planning your future together and having a family, were they um, conversations that were difficult or were they conversations mm. that one held back a bit or was it – or you don't want to talk about that? No, 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 no. I know I, there's there's still quite a, quite a lot more on our journey. So because uh, yeah. uh, uh, we, we did go off sailing and we had mm-hmm. a great time and we met lots of wonderful yeah. people. Uh, yep. had all sorts of sailing adventures from broken bits to uh, <laughs> <laughs> poor anchorages and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then um, uh, we came back home for a checkup mm-hmm. back in September of 2000. Oh, yes. And I had relapsed. Right. Right. Mm. So, uh, so it, uh, ironically, so much had changed in, the, in that 12 months of mm. treatment regimes and stuff. It was still very similar. The induction yeah. treatment was still very, very similar, mm-hmm. but the uh, but there was a um, uh, but I was I was more because it was caught early enough. I was more. So how did you know? did you know positive. you'd reset? No, did you? No, in fact, it no. was a complete shock that um, I had relapsed and uh, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't feeling it anything anything. It was really right. just through a bone marrow mm-hmm. aspirate, and. Um, that that it was detected in a PCR test. We've heard a lot about mm-hmm. those now, haven't we? Yes, we have. We've heard mm-hmm. a lot about them, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then it was down to structuring a, uh, a treatment regime. And the and right. the treatment regime the second time was more stock standard for the for the day. Okay. Um, and I ended up... Uh, and I ended up moving towards uh, considering being... Uh, having a... Uh, transplant. Okay. However, mm-hmm. I did not have any match. No sibling match. No, uh, no match on the Australian. Register. No right. match on the na- international register. No match. Wow. Um, wow. Yep. Yep. 
And mm. uh, so instead, uh, we went for an autologous transplant. Yes. Uh, and I, uh, I think that was in about January of January, oh, February of two thousand one. One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yes, it was about then, and. Um, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> mm, it is an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah, it is. But of course, being autologous, there's no real morbidity. It's just, uh, yeah. Um, and so I, I uh, and so that's when we started to get. Uh, we talked about future treatments. How we were going to keep this thing at bay, right? Mm-hmm. How we're going to keep this monster. Uh, level and so yep. we talked with the doctors about maintenance therapies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So okay, uh, that wasn't considered prior to this, uh, uh, prior to the second relapse, uh, and the maintenance therapy included just drugs and more uh, and more uh, trans all transrenoic acid and stuff like that. And okay, in somewhere in in that mix was the, uh, there was some experimentation with arsenic trioxide. Okay, which wasn't part of. I think I even had some the first time, but it wasn't mm-hmm. part of a stock standard. That was like, oh heck, what are mm. we going to do? <laughs> mm, yeah, that's, that's, I've I've read and about this. I've read about the lower incidence of arsenic in uh, of this disease in India, mm. and they have arsenic in the water. So that's all. Huh? <laughs> so it was kind of the the mm. it was very experimental at that point. Uh, but you know, there was no measure. Uh, and so then I went on to I had a maintenance therapy for nigh on three years. Okay. Hmm. For three years of different drugs and no infusions as such, but uh, hmm. uh, uh, nigh on three years. So. Um, and was that time for you in that three years different to the first time, mentally or emotionally? It, yeah. Well, it was. Um, it was firstly from a lifestyle point of view. It mm-hmm. actually, because of that treatment, it stuck us at home. Right. It was it, okay. it was not it was not supportable to be able to be away for any significant length of time. So, mm-hmm. um, we still had our boat, and we would go out on the bay for a couple of days here and there. But really, we couldn't. So that was more. So that that kind of anchored us back into normal life, mm. Mm. <laughs> and that normal yeah. life, and that normal life included going. That, and that's when I really started to work from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and all that sort of stuff, and and yeah, towards yeah. the end of um, uh, in two thousand four, towards the end of the treatment, we talked about having babies. Right? Okay. And, mm. um, well, actually, probably in two thousand three, but uh, um, and then um, though I had had uh, sperm samples, sperm samples mm-hmm. taken earlier on. Yeah. Um, and, but it turns out that Joe became pregnant in oh. uh, 2004, right? And she was wow, uh, yeah. So I and I turned. So you were fertile. <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> I was, and uh, and um, and we had and I, I stopped my treatment in 2004, the maintenance therapy mm-hmm. in 2004, and we had Sarah early 2005. How lovely. And it was That lo- would have been a big emotional time for you and Joe. I would oh, imagine. it was just enormous, enormous. Yes. And, uh, you know, but of course um, uh, we went down the path of uh, harvesting stem cells and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so 
it was all it's always there it was always mm. a burden yep. um mm. the the there was uh, certainly um i guess the fear i never really gave it much thought myself but the fear of relapse yeah mm. it was always there um yeah uh i uh and you know i so many times, every time we had a every time we had a checkup, you know, we, mm-hmm. it would be a very high stress time. Right? Mm. What's the results going to be? What's the answer going to be? What's what's going? What on? did you build around that time, or did you do anything together to try and diffuse that fear? You know, because I know some people put a few different things in place prior to getting that, um, you we know, getting really, that test. Well, we, what did when, you do when, together to support uh, each other? Uh, well, we took up sailing Hobie cats and. Uh, so we, we mm. just did a lot of sailing, uh, sailing okay. smaller boats and racing. That's your go-to place. Yeah, yep. that was our go-to place. And we, you know, we had a lot of fun doing that. We had, um, mm-hmm. we bought a, well, the house that we're sitting in, I'm sitting mm-hmm. in right now, we bought the property and we sold, uh, we sold another one and sold the one that mm-hmm. we had pr- prior to that. And mm-hmm. um, it wasn't the same house. It was barely standing, but it was mm. in a much better location. And um, uh, so we just did, uh, I guess, by by all intents, you know, I was 40 in 2004. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so in all intents, we were living outwardly at least a normal life. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, a normal life. People aspire to too much mortgage and too little fun. And <laughs> That's it. But I all guess right. what I love, I love about the two of you is that you both were – together in that vision of yes. ensuring that your day-to-day was still including things that you enjoyed. Absolutely. So it wasn't just the focus. You, your disease didn't consume you, you is what I'm saying. It was a, certainly a part of your life mm-hmm. and a big part of your life mm-hmm. and shaped possibly some of the decisions that you made, but the, the choices that you did make were very much ones that brought joy or, you know. That's right. And, and yep. we just we just wanted to always have fun. Um, yeah, yeah. I it was uh, Joe. Joe was one that was probably always more anxious about it than I. And uh, well, she uh, loves if, you, you know. Of course. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How could she not? No. Um, <laughs> and no, we. Uh, uh, she would. Um, uh, you know, if I had a sniffle, that was it would turn her head oh, very it's the quickly. Oh, the like, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it was there. It was always ever present. Um, yeah. And so, I, and I think that's pretty normal. Like, it's a pretty scary thing. Like, you're faced, uh, you're absolutely. confronted, confronted with a high degree, high probability of, more, of uh, you know, of mm. passing on. Well, you, you, your mortality. Yeah, I mean, we're all mortal. Right. We all have a beginning and it's an end. It's going to happen, but, but it's got to happen. But you've right got way. an awareness of it. That's yes, right. that's right. And. So you you went on to have another child, didn't you? We did, we did. So because um, after two thousand five, and we had Sarah in about oh, September two thousand five, or was it earlier? Oh, I get the months get a little bit fuzzy, but I relapsed again. Okay. So I'd been off the I'd been wow. off the treatment for about twelve fourteen months off the maintenance mm-hmm. treatment. So I relapsed again. Uh but this time it was more stock. Uh, the treatment regime had moved to purely, pretty much arsenic trioxide and all transretinoic acid, and I think it's the same right. now. I think it's what okay. it is now. And uh, and again, I had no uh, no no signs or 
no transplant opportunities from no external parties. So I had another autologous transplant in um, in uh, on the 30th, 31st of December in 2005. And so Sarah Gosh. was a baby and uh, yes. Sarah was still oh. young. I know, and that was probably really that was probably the hardest time. Yeah, because yeah. you've got a child to care mm. for, and even though she's getting looked after by grandparents and stuff, mm. you know, for Joe was breastfeeding in that time. Um, mm-hmm. She would always stay with me in the hospital. We had a cot in the room. Uh, I know uh, they put us in the biggest room, but and you know, but it was there. It's, it's still not big as you know, and yeah. um, uh, you know and. Just seeing Sarah, right? And, but, you know, I think, uh, and in all of that time, so I spent a lot of time in hospital, both for the second time and the third time. Yeah. I would spend the, the, I I mean, I I guess I spent about nine, ten weeks uh, the first time I had the first round. But Mm -hmm. uh, after that, I would have spent easily probably four or five months each time not for each, each not for each in each instance but i would have a treatment mm. break treat regime break, treatment, yep, break. treatment break and uh you know there were three or four weeks in hospitals each time and uh mm. it was hard and I, I all i can remember is uh all of those times um i just had to keep uh keep we would walk the wards. We would, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we would be friendly with everybody we can. We would talk to lots of people. I'd get up every day when I could and yep. have a shower and do my thing and just try to be completely, try to be normal, have a structure, not yeah. not lie in bed and be sorry for myself. And I and I, I had to force myself to do that a lot. And uh, yeah, you know, get up. And again, clean. that's the mindset. Yeah, but it, but the mindset becomes a habit. And the habit becomes yes. the mindset. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah, and, and you know it's, that's, it's that's a bit a like getting up. Itself. Bit like getting up in the morning to exercise. You know, the, mm-hmm. no one likes to do it. Anyone that says they're a morning person, it's only because they've got a habit of getting up. That's right. <laughs> but all, they make it their mission too, and it's all it choice. Mission. And so it is choice. That's right. It is choice, and yeah. and the choice begets easier. It does really yep. get easier. Anyway. Um, so um, anyway, so. Uh, I'm I'm having um, a bit of a fever and rigors to the fireworks at South Bank on the 31st of December in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a memory! <laughs> what a memory! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Going off outside and in. My teeth are shattering. <laughs> and the fireworks are going. How lovely. <laughs> oh, and something you'll never forget. No, it is something I'll never forget. That's yeah, right. Yep. And so where you're at now, how old are your girls? And so, yeah, so that was Sarah. And then that was our journey with Sarah. And then I mm-hmm. I think um, I then we went in from 2005, we went into the – uh, I had more maintenance treatment, but this time I would have intravenous. I had like every every third month I would have um, all transrenoic acid and a month of uh, arsenic mm-hmm. intravenous. Did you have any side so effects that, from those treatments? From those three? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowingly from the all transrenoic acid. I had always got headaches with the right. uh, with the Atra. Mm-hmm. Um Always got headaches, and yes. I, I just managed that with standard high dose 
painkillers and then um but the arsenic was more i would get tired just get tired of mm-hmm. being infused but you'd yep. also get um the um the uh muscle wastage was always okay. was, was there so that was about it uh, mm. i never i always used to joke that i want to have white ants because i just pee on the pee on the stumps in my house (laughs) 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 but anyway but yeah that went on for a while and i think that all finished about 2009 but Uh again in that time in that Mm -hmm. so that was so again we're rooted to we're we're rooted to life around the disease as opposed to life around Mm. uh, and about what we're going to do um and in when we were in hospital in 2005 Joe started to design. Uh, we went. Joe started the process of designing the house that we're living in now, which is on right. the property that we bought back in two thousand two. Wow! And uh, you know, so and somehow we had to find a way to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> so but you know what? Can I? We did. Say, we went Tim, back. And you, that gave us something to look at and yes, look forward to. Focus. We had a family to put in that house, and we had dreams for our family and dreams. Uh, you know, and uh, Joe went down, and then she we wanted to have another child, so two children was the mm-hmm. goal. Yep. Uh, and a dog. Yeah. Well, yep. Definitely dogs. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we had uh, we went down the path, and um, and we had Kate in February of two thousand seven. Now Kate says she's older than Sarah. Because uh, she she was <laughs> she was turkey based with the uh, oh with the sperm with, with the sperm from oh. two thousand so that's she reckons she's oh. older and more wise than Sarah. <laughs> but how lovely they're all aware of <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the whole yeah, process yes and so uh, uh, yeah but that was great and. Um, uh, yeah, and that, and that's been and that's been our journey since. It's just really focusing on the family and work. Work is naturally a part of that because you've got to you've got to have revenue, money money coming you know in what, is fairly Tim? important. But the money coming in is always an important thing. But what I can hear is that you both implant you play you planted seeds that you worked towards and oh, trusted that money would follow, <laughs> and it and it actually and it actually did. Yes. You, you were both on that same page, but you were so clear with what you wanted to achieve. Yeah. You made that the power and you, whatever it took, you actually got there. Yeah, so we got there and the, the money was the means to an end, right? So yes. work, uh, enjoy your work for sure uh, or mm-hmm. enjoy the people you work with, not always the not always the work. And then um, – mm. uh, but we, we kept on trying to sail. We've had boats for that entire time. Mm. Uh much to our mortgages angst and uh <laughs> but, but still you but know still, you, you're making ends meet we do we do and in and, the meantime you're showing your, your children the value of getting out and giving things a go yeah, and enjoying that's life that's right mm. and uh, so and we've uh uh we also took up uh because we had kids now they wanted to go to school we decided to go mm. off we went snowboarding uh, we went to the snow with a friend in 2012 i think mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and we loved it so much we loved it so much we wanted to keep going down that so we've we've really we've really 
ex- exercise that a lot. We've gone away on our Christmas holidays over to Japan or Canada and and, wow. and as families and, and tried to make it happen. Um, you know, we uh, tried to make it happen. You made well, it happen. We make it happen. Yeah, that's right. Yes. And and, uh, and we've so we've got a great. I love my family, and uh, yeah, how wonderful. we've got a great family family unit, and yeah, you know, we have so much fun. We don't you don't get up that much, you know. They spend a lot of time yep. in their rooms on their phones and all that sort of stuff. No, That's no different today's than anyone else. Though. But dinner, you know. dinner is special. Mm. Yeah, you know, doesn't matter whether it's a burger, tacos, uh, takeaway, or whatever. But dinner around the table is special because it's shared conversation. Because it's a shared conversation, and mm. everything is dropped, right? And they, yep. I think they like it as much as we. Uh, I'm sure they do, and that's what anybody values in life. It's connection, mm, isn't that's it? That's right. That's right. Uh, that's where we are. Sarah's 17 now and driving, and Kate's 15. So who took her mainly the um, lessons on the road when they have to do the 100 hours? The the patient one. <laughs> Me. Is that mostly. you, Tim? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Me mostly. Uh, Sarah, she's good. And, um, uh, I mean, Joe, Joe did a bit too, so it was just the mm-hmm. way it works out, really. And yeah. uh, uh, so, and she's looking, she's finished this year 12 this year. So 2005, and now it's uh, 2022, and she's Two. finished year 12. And, you know, it's um, you look it's quite an life. achievement. I'm very proud. How and, uh, lovely. Mm. How lovely, really. Everything that, you know, I often said when I was sending emails to you and Joe. Um, you've always stood out to me. You know, you meet 100 people in your life, but only some people's stories or things that they've shared and, you know, um, well, that, that they had to share with me. But I've always seen the two of you, of mm-hmm. your depth of love and commitment to each other is extreme. It's just superb to witness mm-hmm. from an outsider looking in, which I think has nurtured you through whatever challenge you might have had and her you know, it's a two-way street. She was very vulnerable and you were her rock. So, you know, that's the balance of relationships. It is, it is. And then what you've created for yourselves, you know, your, your, your travel and your home and, and the, you know, the beautiful family you've created. So, um, you know, we've done 51 minutes, Tim, and um, I think you've shared some valuable insights that can that can certainly um you know, that can certainly help someone else who might be in their dark hours just wanting to hear how other people cope or where they place their focus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just in a gentle conversation that, you know, these strengths of pearls of wisdom come out, I reckon. Oh, well, I hope, I hope someone really does take on board. I mean, for me, it's just my story, right? And it's the, it's my story. It's the journey that I've taken. And, uh, and at, in any moment... Uh, um, What's important is me and my family and the things I love. And, yep. And aren't they and, three and key that, things? And that's grown. That's grown uh, over time and that's changed and, and we've followed that. And, and I guess it is from Joe's perspective. I mean, we had, when, when you think about it, we sat down and had uh, eight out of ten years, eight or eight and a half out of ten years of treatment. Mm. Uh, it's a long time. and um, It is a long you know, time. Yeah. Um, and yet it doesn't seem it never it just seemed like it was normal so it was mm. like uh, we were we were able to provide make it appear normal and uh, have a normal life and be be normal people but it, it was it, of course it wasn't anything but but 
But that's because of the choices in the page that you both chose to look at. That's right. And what you chose day to day to always place in your life. And that's the importance of having a goal, of, you know, doing something together that brings joy that you can work toward because it does, it's like, you know, what we think of does then affect our physicality, does affect our mental mood, all of those sorts of valuable things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Tim. You're Um, most welcome. I hope most uh, welcome and... For all those people out there that might be hearing this, I I wish you well and uh, chase your dreams. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. We hope that you found it helpful in some way. If you would like more information on today's show or our services, please feel free to contact 1-800-620-420 and someone will be able to connect you with your local blood cancer support coordinator. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe, share, or even give us a rating on your podcast app. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Kate Arkadiff, and you've been listening to the Leukemia Foundation's podcast, Talking Blood Cancer.